On this episode, Andy and Travis pay tribute to the greatest American hero who's ever lived. That's right, shut your butts, cause it's time to pound some cunt. Welcome to the road home from MacGruber. Hey folks, Andy here. Uh, before we get into this, I just wanted to mention that uh, I made a uh, ridiculous error. Um, you know, this uh, episode was recorded in May of 2020, and uh, MacGruber came out in uh, 2010, not 2009, which I repeatedly say in the episode. So I fucked that up. I'm sorry. Um, you know, I, I guess I'll shut my butt. Enjoy the episode. All right, folks, welcome back to The Road Home on Film, or this time it's The Road Home from MacGruber. My name's Andy, coming to you live to tape from The Road Home from Wrestling World Headquarters of the World. And today, it's the triumphant return. He's back, and this time it didn't take three years. Travis, what's up, buddy? Hello, I'm I'm recovering because you said the road home from MacGruber. I was not I was not prepared for that, so I've been trying to stifle my laughter. I am wonderful. I'm so excited to talk about MacGruber. Now, Travis, you also have a podcast, right? It's called The Wrestle Special, and it is a unique podcast. Can you describe it in one or two sentences? Uh, I'll do my best. It's a wrestling podcast that's sometimes about pro wrestling and sometimes not. I feel like I'm going to say like 75% of the time not about wrestling, right? Would you say that? That's right? Well, I would say that if like if an episode is 100% then yes you, you know you're always talking about wrestling but of that i, I got it's so hard to, to describe but yes you're, you're 25% of it at all times at least is wrestling however yes. whenever like let's say a sentence is set on on the um, you know let's break it down a little further a little micro is that if a sentence is said on the uh, wrestle special 25% of that sentence is about wrestling and 20 and the other 75 is about who the fuck knows what yes it could be <laughs> any number of things horse racing jellyfish jelly donuts i mean that's that's 75% of that sentence so horse racing <laughs> jellyfish jelly donuts wrestling that's that's the best way i could describe my podcast <laughs> It's a great show. Um, you've been on before, but I just, you know, always want to remind fo folks of this because you never know. It is the 10 year anniversary of MacGruber. So there's a chance that we may pick up some new listeners uh, just for the simple fact that someone's looking for a review of the movie. MacGruber. <laughs> Absolutely. 10 years. I, I was shocked when you told me that. Yeah, um, it turns out that uh, MacGruber was released in May of 2009, so this is a decade anniversary. It's also Memorial Day, and um, I mean, so we had to pay tribute to the greatest American hero of all time, MacGruber. Yes, MacGruber! <laughs> Travis, what's your history with MacGruber? Uh, well, so when you, like, that's why it was so hard for me to like think it's been 10 years. So I know I'd seen it, but going into rewatching it, I, I was excited to rewatch it because I barely remembered it. Most of my experience was I'm a big office guy. So I've rewatched the office uh, more times than I can count. And at one point, Michael's Halloween costume is MacGruber. 
and he's he's doing this he's like what's up mcgruber nothing and he's like pretend he's his costume is mcgruber and he goes mcgruber and that's so that's why i'm like directly ripping off michael scott doing mcgruber so i've I've always wanted to go back to and revisit it and this was such a when you said hey i think i found this i can't believe i forgot that there were a bunch of wrestlers in mcgruber let's watch it for for the show i'm like i'm so fucking in because I've, i've been meaning to watch it and I was blown, blown away. I'm, I'm 33. Ten years ago, I would have been 23. And I just don't think I appreciated it as much back then as I do now because it is just absolutely phenomenal. We were talking a little bit before we started recording, and I mentioned that it's one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. And, you know, this may be sacrilege to some, but to me, I put it up there with the young Frankensteins and the, uh, you know, uh, what was the other movie? Um, you know, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Like, that's kind of my holy trinity of funny movies. And I'm sure I'm missing other ones that I think are hilarious, too. But I've always love this movie and you know ever since it came out i think i rented it from blockbuster back in the day and was like holy fucking shit i've owned several copies of it that have disappeared over time and then i rebuy it you know it's just one of those ones that's always around now um before we get into the cast and the three million things we're going to talk about here i mean good lord this might be a long one folks and yeah strap uh, in I mean, because, Jesus, there's so much I want to say about this movie. Um, what is this movie spoofing? I mean, it's it's a spoof, right? This is a yeah. you know, it's a spoof movie, but it has more of a storyline than your typical kind of scary movie or whatever spoof movies that come out nowadays. What would you say that this is a spoof of? It's tough because there's some buddy cop elements that they're they're borrowing from and then a lot of like action movies like 80s action movies, even 90s action movies. And it makes me so that's that's why I kind of went back to that. I didn't know I could really appreciate if I really appreciated it when I was 23, because at that point, I, I don't think I had seen many uh, older action movies or even appreciated camp or knew what camp was like why why i would think something was over the top funny like obviously i got physical humor you know i grew up watching family matter steve urkel all that kind of stuff happy gilmore you know all that kind of stuff right and but i i don't know what it was with this movie initially where i just didn't get get it and and i think it's because it was such an obvious ripoff of so many different like stereotype stereotypical 80s action heroes like there's some there's some definite lethal weapon in there like big time yes. and and it it just obviously mcgruber is a is a takeoff on macgyver and mm-hmm. they they really don't touch on it <laughs> they like touch on it like three times i mean uh, mostly about like him making gadgets out of things but it really just seems like they were like what should we call this a uh, mcgruber we'll have to make sure we have some some kind of macgyver reference but there's so many different elements of that that prototypical action star that that is in this and you know the one-liners are are a big thing and just the why (laughs) over the top death scenes like it it is it is that's why it's so good and that's why you can only appreciate it i think if you have an appreciation for that era of film and that type of film you're right um you know one other element that is certainly in this is uh roadhouse Uh, the main character in roadhouse rips throats he rips somebody's throat out i think a couple times in that movie so that's part of this as well but yes it's it's a spoof on 80s or 90s um you know action movies roadhouse macgyver you know and, and stuff like that um and and also it's it's based on an snl sketch so this is one of the best 
you know, another another movie I put up there with one of my funniest ones I've ever seen is The Blues Brothers, which is probably the best Saturday Night Live based movie, in my opinion. Um, this is up there, too, uh, you know, believe it or not. And, and this is a Saturday Night Live skit where basically, you know, what would happen is it is MacGruber and his two, uh, you know, people that are helping him, which we'll get to who that is. But usually it's a, a celebrity of someone, whoever was the guest that that week on Saturday Night Live. I saw a couple sketches with Ryan Phillippe, who's in this movie, as well as Charles Barkley and various other people. And MacGruber would try to save the day, but his kind of incompetence and his inability to respect those around him kind of makes you know, it, it basically everything goes awry. All the skits would be like, you know, MacGruber would be like, oh my God, there's this, uh, there's this bomb that's about to go off, and you know, but we're stuck in the bottom of a submarine. And then the lady would say, MacGruber, the way that looks, we only have 20 seconds left. And then he would just kind of start being an asshole, and then there'd be an explosion, and that was it. That's the skit, right? So, and they did it all the time, and I loved the skit. I thought it was so funny and stupid, and 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 um. You know, we can't get into this, though, without talking about some of the folks that are in it. So, yeah. um, you know, real quick before we get to that, though, I would like to play a little game. Just take a second. Um, okay. Budget, like, what would you guess the budget for uh, MacGruber was? Who? Not a high budget movie, I will tell you that. Not, yeah, I would say, I mean, the actors alone, I think, would have been, man, I don't know, $10 million? <laughs> It's a $10 million budgeted movie. Very wow. good. Now, how wow. much? I don't know how you pulled that out of your ass. Good job. So. Me, me either. I was like, I was going to, I was going to lowball it lower than that. And I was like, there's no way it's like a $5 million movie. So I just did the normal, like oh, double it, see what the fuck happens. And I somehow was right. What, how much do you think it pulled in? Now this would be gross, uh, domestic, um, you know, all over the world. This is all the money that McGruber's made up to this point. And, and I would say that at least 1% of this is from me directly. <laughs> you, um, uh, 150 million. <laughs> uh, MacGruber is not a popular movie. It made 9.3 million. So, um, it did not make what? its money back. And that is why we do not have a MacGruber uh, sequel. However, there are serious. Are, I did yeah, not yeah, realize it, it was very, very, it was a big flop. And, uh, and what most of those, Saturday Night Live movies like that at the, around that time were flops. You know, you had the Pat yeah. movie and, you know, the Stuart Smalley movie and all that crap. None of that made money. Um, and so, you know, it's just one of those things where, yeah, this movie is not popular. Most people think it's a piece of shit. They don't know what they're talking about. And uh, and we're here to prove them wrong today. But uh, <laughs> Travis, tell me, you know, about the folks that are in this movie and we'll see how you thought they did. So you you hit on something kind of right at the top, which is SNL, right? It started as an SNL skit, and you can kind of see that all the way through the movie because it stars Will Forte, who obviously we all know from SNL, but uh, you and I both loved him in Last Man on Earth, which is yeah. super sad that that got canceled. But he's also in same like character. everything. It's like the yeah, same character too, right? It, it pretty much is. You're you're absolutely right. It is pretty much Tandy. Tandy in an action movie is that's pretty much. If if you like Last Man on Earth, you're gonna love this. Um, but what was really most interesting is that it it goes even deeper than just the cast. The director is uh, Yorma. Now I'm gonna. I don't know if I say his name correctly. Uh, Yorma Tacone. 
Um, he is of the Lonely Island fame. So he's one of the three guys in Lonely Island, was a writer for SNL, but I didn't realize he directed the movie. So that was kind of a, a cool connection for me because I've always really appreciated pretty much everything the Lonely Island guys have done. So it was that that kind of blew me away. But uh, Kristen Wiig, uh, again, SNL, Bridesmaid fame, uh, played uh, his, I, would, would you say it, the, the love interest of the, the movie? Yes. Uh, Victoria, Victoria St. Elmo. <laughs> All the names are so – they're not on the nose either. Like all the names are stupid, but they're just like – they're kind of on the cheek and not on the nose, if that makes sense. Yes. They're pretty funny. I, absolutely. And I and I guess I, I, I buried the lead there by saying by, – I mentioned Will Forte, but he's he's MacGruber. He oh. is MacGruber, and it is – he is phenomenal. Um, Maya Rudolph is in it as – I didn't even – I don't even think I brought up or I looked up her name in the film – Casey. 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 I Casey. That was it. Uh, I, actually, I did write it down. I just wasn't paying attention. <laughs> but again, that that SNL blood runs deep. Uh, but she's she's in it just for a little bit. Uh, Ryan Phillippe uh, played Lieutenant Piper, which is kind. Would you call him the sidekick? Yeah. Uh, yeah that definitely. Yeah, he wants to be the sidekick, and that's kind of his journey in this movie. And his full name is Dixon Piper, by the way, because again, yes. it's not—it's not Dick Insider, it's not—it's Dixon Piper. So it's almost, almost on the nose, you know. Like you, like you said, on the cheek, on the cheek. I li- I like that, on the cheek. But uh, <laughs> yeah, obviously he's uh, best known for. I, I think I started thinking about it. I, I, on his IMDb, it kept coming up that he was like, oh, best known for Crash. But for me, it's like all about cruel intentions. And I know what you did last summer. That's yeah. what I remember him from. Now, I, you you know this. I was very excited for this next person. Val fucking Kilmer. I forgot he played the villain. Dieter Van Kunth. <laughs> and this is probably my favorite gag in the whole movie is that they got away with saying, can I say Kunth on this, Absolutely. by the way? You can, I, okay. cunt, you can I can say, say cunt. cunt. Yeah. And, yeah, they got away with saying cunt for the whole movie, like over and over and over again. Let's pound this. Let's go pound some cunt. Like, and it just, <laughs> but Dieter Van Kunth, uh is the head villain, the art, MacGruber's arch nemesis. I, if you don't know who Val Kilmer is, yeah, I don't know how to point you in the right direction, but uh, Top Gun, Tombstone, uh, Ghost in the Darkness, just to name it through, uh, name a few. Obviously, Tombstone is one of my favorites, which brings me to Powers Booth. Yes. who uh, played uh, Colonel, Fa- uh, what was it, Faith. Uh, he is, he played a really good um, straight guy to MacGruber a lot, which I really appreciated his presence because he just was kind of stone-faced the entire time MacGruber was doing ab- like all of his idiocy. And no, like he seemed to be the, one of the only people that was not affected by MacGruber's antics. Uh, Powers Booth, obviously, another another uh, person of Tombstone. I'm just going to only right. talk about Tombstone. Before we, yeah, before we move on, just real quick, I just want to mention, for, we're not just getting Val Kilmer, we're getting Fat Kilmer, which is a big difference. Yes. You know? So that's yes. important. And Val Kilmer is a hilarious actor. You don't see him do comedy very often but when he does he's great at it he's in also one of my favorite uh spoof movies it's called top secret that stars him it's the first um uh uh whether the the zucker brothers movie it's fantastic if you've never seen that it's the funniest he's ever been other than this movie and then powers booth if you watch any western 
He's in it. Guaranteed. He's in it. And he's fantastic. Um, I think my favorite character that he plays is he plays, um, I think it's, I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head, but he is in um, the HBO Deadwood series. And he plays oh. like, he's, he's fucking awesome in it. So great. I've always meant to go back and watch that, but I didn't. So I, I need I need to go back and watch that because I, I really appreciate him. Really good. Uh, and, and then really outside, I already mentioned Maya Rudolph. Outside of that, really, you get into wrestlers pretty quick, and then you get into Dude. There's literally a guy in the film named Dude. Um, that's the character's name. And then you just get all these other random filler henchmen number three. Uh, I, I mean, I left out Val Kilmer's uh, number one henchman, even though I liked the guy, uh, Constantine. And really, that's when you start to get into the wrestlers, which is how you were able to shoe- shoehorn reviewing McGruber on a wrestling podcast. Right. So very wrestle, very <laughs> wrestle special of you. Believe very that's true. <laughs> Believe it or not, there are a ton of wrestling connections to this that we're gonna get into that are like I kept like peeling the onion back and going further and further and I was like, oh my god, it's crazy. So yeah, there's a bunch of wrestlers. Tell us who's in this movie that's a pro wrestler. Uh, the first and probably the the person that has the most speaking lines and I outside of like group speaking lines is one Chris Jericho and he plays Frank Corver. They have a great back and forth uh, when he gets recruited. There's this fun. I, I know we're going to talk about it, but it's just this phenomenal recruiting recruitment montage where he's going to get his team and his team is all wrestlers. And it's just it is just so good. But it, it starts out with um, Chris Jericho and McGruber talking at uh, Mark Henry plays Tut Beamer, <laughs> which is <laughs> We just, it's, it's to the, like, it's just, they're such good. It's almost like a team names. Like, and that's the other, that's another thing that I think that they borrow from is a team. Yes. At least in this beginning piece, because some of these names just are, are so much like uh, the 80, even like seventies, eighties television too. Uh, so Mark Henry played Tut Beamer. MV Plea play, play, plays Vernon Freedom, which <laughs> I love. Uh, the Great Kali plays Tug Phelps, which might be my favorite. <laughs> Tug Phelps. Tug Phelps. Uh, Kane plays Tanker Lutz. And this is Maskless Kane. So this was 10 years ago. This would have been... How how soon after was Kane Unmasked that this was this filmed? Was this like... I don't know. See No Evil? Yeah. I, yeah. And then finally... The Big Show play is playing Brick Hughes uh, in this film, which is, again, another great action movie name, Brick Hughes. Now, I'm searching stuff on the Internet. I'm trying to find out more and more I can about MacGruber because I've never really researched this movie before. And, and I found something very interesting. Um, MacGruber was on Raw, <laughs> so which I didn't know because I didn't watch Raw. In 2009, but MacGruber and um, and Victoria, they were on Raw and they were in character, right? So, which is funny because they're pimping the movie, but they're pimping the movie like it's a real movie about MacGruber's life, right? <laughs> so, and and you know they they're in a couple scenes uh, or you know kind of segments. One of them is they they run into. Um, Chris Jericho in the hallway and Jericho is like, yeah, you know, I heard that they're going to make a sequel just about my character, Frank, you know, and that he did such a good job. And, and MacGruber's kind of upset by that. But, you know, basically MacGruber lear- is in a match uh, against Vladimir Kozlov. And so he asked Jericho for advice 
and he ends up going to this match. Um, and I mean, they actually have a match and they start, you know, basically Kozlov gets him in kind of a bear hug. It's a little awkward. And then, um, and then Ryan Philippi, uh, you know, kind of makes a, a run in and he gets on the mic and says, listen, I've, uh, talked to the, you know, the people upstairs and, and it turns out we're going to make this a handicap match. McGruber's brother, Call Gruber um, is going to be the other guy. And it's fucking great Collie dressed up like McGruber who comes in and squashes Kozlov and they celebrate oh. in the ring. That is real. That's on okay. your 100% real. I'm sure as a wrestling fan, if I was watching then and if I was like, if I'm just going to take myself out of wrestling and like the, or this version of myself and plop him in 2010, I'm sure I would have, would have been upset that this was happening to wrestling, but I could have, I, man, that's wrestling to me right there. That is, I don't, I don't, I know I probably would have been pissed about it at the time, but with the way you're describing it to me, if that just happened on a random raw now, I would be like, Oh, I'm all in. This is fucking weird. I'm all, I'm all the way in. You have, you have great Kali playing cosplaying McGruber. Yes. Yes. Which, which plays it, it plays into the movie too, because the stuff like that happens in the movie. So, yes. you know, I mean, they actually kind of worked in some stuff. It was good. You know, there was a couple other segments I, I didn't have time to watch, but so that's out there, you know, so feel free to look up all that and everything. And, uh, you know, it's pretty great, but, uh, well, Travis, do we have any more preambling to do before we get into this thing? I don't think so. I, that's the cast. Unless you have something out of nowhere that I didn't realize. Like it, um, it, I, if so, it's going to be in the notes somewhere. So <laughs> that's that's where I'm at because I've got a lot of notes too. Like just mostly what the problem is is that I just wrote down a bunch of things that made me laugh. Like which is like just like it, it turns out it's just a bunch of quotes that. <laughs> so it's like it's gonna be it's gonna be great. It's gonna be a full podcast of just me going no fucking way and you. Re- <laughs> well, it's funny because most. Movie review podcasts will not touch um, comedies because it is subjective, and if you think it's funny, it's the best movie ever, and if you don't, it's not. However, um, you know, and it kind of devolves into just people quoting stuff, but that's, I mean, we don't give a fuck. We're not scared of that here, yeah, you know, touch whatever. It's got wrestling in it, and it's funny. We're going to talk about it, so here we are. Well, this movie opens in a way that is just fucking tickles my fancy like you wouldn't believe. And I know this is stupid, but you know you're watching a piece of shit movie or a movie spoofing a piece of shit movie when the movie starts with white text on a black screen. And that's what we get here. Um, It says it's the mountains in eastern Siberia. All right. And that's where we are. It's a fucking bloodbath, Travis. There's dead soldiers laying everywhere. This badass looking pair of hombres are responsible. And black SUVs pull up. And who is it? It's fucking fat Kilmer, Dieter von Kunth. And he's there to get a missile and kills a man who's begging him not to take the missile. This was like the be- the first like one liner like it's like what a minute in and he's like I'm sorry I don't speak Russian 
Like it's the first one liner of the movie. And it, it is, it was, it's the, such a great way to start it because it sets the tone and you're, you're again, you're like, okay, what have I walked into? Cause I, I had forgotten Val Kilmer was in the movie. I'm just going to be honest with you. I, I, so I literally, my first note is Val Kilmer, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. I'm looking at my notes. That was my, the first note that I made. So you're, I, that is, so you're excited. running around your living room fist pump in two minutes into the movie. That's yeah. Awesome. I was like, okay, this is, this is, it's all downhill from here. Val Kilmer's in this fucking film. Luckily I was wrong because it was a, uh, an uphill. Yes. Now our title sequence here, our, our credit sequence, excuse me, is basically a, um, <laughs> it's, it's files being filed through, you know? And then we also get to see McGruber doing like 80s stuff, like playing a saxophone in a warehouse, you know, or tanning, for example, um, in the warehouse. And, uh, and here are the lyrics to the, to the McGruber theme song for the movie. McGruber making life-saving inventions out of household materials. McGruber in and out of ultra sticky situations. McGruber, the guy's a fucking genius. McGruber, he made a fucking movie. McGruber, it's fantastic. I love it. It's so funny. Um, he, I mean. There's highlights of things in these files, you know, it's like, you know, genius, great lover, you know, <laughs> it's, like, it's yes. just fucking awesome. Like where everything else is redacted around it. Like there's, there's files and it looks like everything else is redacted. It's just like, yeah, like it's a great lover. That's for some reason, that's the thing that stuck out to me too, was great lover. Maybe because of the, the couple scenes we get later, which is probably my favorites. He's also sharpening a thumbtack and it glows red and he like... You know, he's wearing goggles and like shakes his head. Yes, that's what I wanted. We see him like open up like a a thing that you would put like knives and weapons in, but it's all full of just like a piece of string and you know a little wire, and it's all just full of you know fucking you know household materials that he makes these uh, inventions out of. So, um, well, our next scene, uh, we are in Rio Bamba, Ecuador. And we meet Lieutenant Dixon Piper, played by Ryan Philippi, and uh, Colonel Jim Faith, played by Powers Booth, as they drive through a mission in a military jeep. All right. Now, this is the quintessential beginning to many, many movies, you know, where it's like the this uh, this character has he's he's had a problem in the past. And so he's kind of gone off on his own. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he's off uh, the grid. He right, couldn't there be contained go. by the government. He's off the grid. It's way better than what I said. So, um, <laughs> now, McGruber has been dead for 10 years. Um, and uh, they approach from behind a prostrate McGruber. It's like he's praying at a uh, shrine. And he immediately knows it's Jim and does a fucking backflip to get to his feet. And w- I don't know if you noticed this, but this little sound effect is hidden throughout the movie. There is just like a wow, wow like a bobcat growl that just shows up around the movie and it, and it happens when he jumps in the air for some reason. <laughs> I did not notice that. Can we get a bobcat growl counter? Like I want, uh, there's I want at least a bobcat three. growl counter. Okay. Every time, okay, good. every time there's an explosion and every time, and, and like in this part right here. So there's always this little bobcat sound in the, in, in the mix. It's really funny. Um, Piper runs down uh, Max accomplishments. You know, he's like he's like uh, six time, six tours in Iraq, three tours and you know in, in Zimbabwe. You know, he has what what's funny too is he has all these medals, but the one that sticks out the most is sixteen Purple Hearts. So he yes. got fucked up sixteen times. 
<laughs> tight end at the University of Texas El Paso. Like that was like I. So I'm gonna make a confession. I was going to. I didn't end up doing it, but I was gonna try to introduce you somewhere as Drusifer, no, <laughs> the number one podcast podcaster out of Spain, tight end out of University of Cincinnati. <laughs> uh, no, what, runner up in Mr. Cowboy 1988 and just throw a bunch of shit in there. And I just, I didn't end up doing it, but I was going to spoof the spoof uh, and, and do that scene because that was, I think that moment, and this is why this is going to be a problem because we're going to break every fucking scene down microscopically. That It was at that moment. I'm like, okay, like if I didn't get it before, I definitely got it now. Like this is, this is amazing. This is already brilliant. That Mr. Cowboy competition was really hard, too, by the way. I just want to throw that out there. (laughs) So, uh, you know, we already know that Piper knows all about MacGruber. Everyone knows about him. He's famous, you know, uh, among uh, military types. And and MacGruber says he can't help. You know, basically, he just walks up to Jim. He's like, Jim, whatever it is, the answer is no. You know, and that's the movie right there. It's these stupid... You know, just conversations between idiots. That's what it is. You know, it's fucking awesome. I love it. Um, He gives the military guys a tour explaining that this is his home now. And these little kids fuck with him. (laughs) They steal his wallet. These little kids run by and steal his wallet. And he's like, ah, those kids, they'll they'll bring it back. And and, and you see uh, translated up yours, MacGruber. (laughs) Yes. Which, again, is spoofing, like, everything. Like, all of these, so many movies where the hero's retired and he's helping out on a beach somewhere, like a deserted island. He's helping out the, the villagers. In this case, he's at a monastery, you know? And it's just, it's, ah, it's just so good. It's so good. Well, and, and he doesn't belong there, and everyone probably hates him. So yes. <laughs> the thing is that he says, oh, this is my home now. They all fucking hate him. The little kids are stealing from him and making fun of him. So... <laughs> It's awesome. Um, so then they have this like super clear. All right. Jim explains the X five warhead that was stolen at the beginning of the movie by Dieter von Kunt, but he doesn't mention Kunt first. He just says, that's it. And you know, it basically MacGruber says, haven't I given enough for my country? Haven't I already paid enough? You know, we'll find out why he thinks that um, they have this super cliche back and forth about MacGruber's dark past and why, you know, he needs to help. He says, it's not about Casey. All right. And we will learn later who Casey is. But Max still won't help until Jim mentions it's Kunth. And, <laughs> and he thinks about it, but he still turns the colonel down. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Travis, I want to tell you all about this, this, uh, this dream sequence here. Um, the, so MacGruber has a restless night of sleep. He dreams about his wedding to Casey, who is his, his his dead wife um he's a widower it turns out and tell me what happens here (laughs) so he's dreaming about their wedding day and uh there he's looking into maya rudolph's eyes and it's just the greatest day ever and you see a limo pull up outside of is it like a dojo like it, it looks like a dojo to me for some like he's getting married at a dojo i just and thought it was a, just like a i don't know a gazebo type thing but may, uh, maybe maybe i just wanted it to be a dojo <laughs> and and they're they're talking that's you you're you're basically viewing it from mcgruber's uh point of view and you he eclipsed to val kilmer in this limo 
with a hand on a, a finger on a button and he just mouths fuck you <laughs> and he presses the button and you just see flames Maya Rudolph kind of burst into flames and then he wakes up screaming in the night in a cold sweat and that's that ends a lot of scenes. There's a lot of scenes where Gruber's just screaming into the heavens, and we have a crane <laughs> shot looking down as that, and the scene just cuts. So that's how that scene ends. Um, also, I just got to mention the bomb is in the preacher's Bible, by the yes. way. And yes. this this is also a spoof of the movie King of New York uh, with, uh, gosh, who's in that? Uh, Christopher Walken. He just basically does that same thing in the movie, only it's a funeral instead of a wedding. It's pretty awesome. Uh, that's, a, that's a movie that's supposed to be serious, but it's fucking so funny because shit like that keeps happening in it. It's awesome. Um, let's see. That. I'll have to check that out. I mean, maybe. It's not good. So. <laughs> <laughs> so here, this is just awesome. So we get the gear up scene, right? Because he's, he, you know, this 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 dream has changed his mind. He's gotta pound some cunt, and he arrives in the pouring rain at a graveyard, and it's his own grave, and. Uh, <laughs> And we get like this gear up thing. It's a quick cut where he puts on all these clothes, basically that he digs up the grave and inside the coffin are his clothes and like all of his stuff. And so he, he puts on all the clothes just soaking wet. I mean, like there's this, there's like, you know, like he snaps his underwears, tidy whities and it's completely sopping wet. You can see right through it and see his ass. It's hilarious. And then he looks at the heavens and, you know, and he screams and he also has a clippers and he cuts his hair and he gets some car keys with a, you know, a lucky rabbit's foot. Um, it's fucking amazing, right? It's I mean, it's again, like this is what uh, okay, I'm going to say this for the first time, but I'm not going to talk about it here. This is like the, the brilliance behind this movie is that it's so gratuitous is that that it circles back into nuanced. And, and I, I've never, I don't know if I've had that many films that were like so over the top, they somehow make their way full circle back to understated. And it, because there's a lot of things that you're, that will pass over your head if you're not paying attention because there's so much like butt humor and screaming and just it, you, like you said, two idiots having a conversation part of it, but there's just the, the, the original gag is not always the gag it's like layered and I, I it's it's just phenomenal well and and they don't do sight gags like you would see in a normal spoof movie a normal spoof movie there would be something going on in the forefront that's funny and in the background there's like a a sight gag going on you know yes. and, and stuff like that they do sight gags but they do it in a way that perpetuates the the storyline and we'll get to one of those here in a few um those are those are really well done in this movie so uh so we cut to washington dc it's the pentagon and uh mcgruber arrives in the wrong room <laughs> like we see him like dramatically bust open a door like where the fuck's cunt i'm gonna pound it and he's like <laughs> in a lunch room or something <laughs> everyone works up like what they really play with that a lot. They play with the tempo of the movie. There's a lot of editing jokes like that where, you know, they're every time you're going up a, you know, a climbing action of the of the plot, they just kind of sideline it with these jokes and stuff. But but you don't stop moving. They're quick cutting. So um, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, he um, basically then he finds the right room. All right. And um, let's see here. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. I skipped something here. I have a note here that says, Travis, will you describe MacGruber? Like, what's he look like? We need to tell people oh. what he looks like. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, it's. <laughs> I, I wouldn't call it, it. It's not really a mullet, is it? His yes. hair. Oh, certainly. It is, it is. It's not like a. It's not okay. I think when I say mullet, I think of Joe Dirt mullet. It's not a Joe Dirt mullet. It's more of a like. It's a shorter mullet. There's still business in the front party in the back it's a but richard a, dean anderson mullet that's what it yes. is it's yes. from MacGyver. macgyver yes exactly that's a good that's good that's the best way to explain it it was right in front of my face uh but he's wearing jeans and he's got this vest and it's it's like i don't it's it's almost like he went and like shopped at like an ll bean for all of his clothes or like Eddie Bauer or something, because it's like kind of like flannelly and he's got like those hike. It, you, you were mentioning when he was gearing up the, like, and all of his clothes are buried in his grave. He's got jeans, but he also has those, those hiking shoes that aren't, they're not really hike Like they're not boots. They're not hiking boots, but there's a, those hybrid things. And you just, you know what I'm talking about? If you see them, they're like, ah, oh, it's those things. And he just looks like a Supreme goofball and not intimidating at all no yes that's very much key he looks like a guy that you would be like well that guy's a douchebag see you later um yeah. <laughs> well we get a rundown of like what the military knows about mcgruber and uh and, and he shows some severe shittiness to dixon piper which is a running theme and this is where some of the funniest one-liners and and kind of jokes come from here um which we'll talk about here in a second um you know uh, MacGruber says he's ready. He wants to go pound some cunt. He said, let's go pound some cunt. And uh, the mission is that they need to get the launch codes for the X-5 missile before cunt can. And, and cunt has assembled a team of nasties. And they run down all these nasties uh, I, that they all have silly names, too. I didn't write any of those down, though. Um, and MacGruber says that he will put together his own team. He refuses to let Piper uh, join the team. And this is where we get his... Uh, you, you think your shit don't stink, but it does. It stinks like shit. shit. And, he, and he headbutts Piper in the face for no reason whatsoever. What do you think about this relationship between him and Piper? And where does it, where does it come from? Why does McGruber hate this guy so much? I... It, <sighs> I think it just it's it's definitely playing on the trope of being like I work alone. I don't need any help from anyone. I'm I do things my way. I go where I want to go. Kind of the action hero trope. So I really think they're playing that up. And I I don't think it's anything other than like it it just seems like MacGruber became a special agent because of these action movies he grew up grew up watching. So that's just how he treats people in his normal life, and it doesn't work like that. This uh, this like uh, D Dixon uh, Piper is a legit like badass. He's not some goofball, right? And he's treating him like just an at like like you said it, it really harkens back to the snl skits where he's just like being a, a complete cunt to him <laughs> well and it also reminds me of the point break uh scene where it's like oh we got a rookie here young dumb and full of cum you know it's like that's the kind of shit that he's saying to piper you know and piper's just standing there like hey man i just want to help you and he fucking headbutts him you know so yeah. <laughs> so the other thing too if we want to go even further is that um mcgruber knows that he doesn't know what he's doing deep down and we'll get to that because uh, the first part of the movie, we think, oh, MacGruber's, you know, he knows what he's doing. And then we realize pretty quick he doesn't have a fucking idea. And he knows that he doesn't have a clue. So he's extremely insecure. I mean, he's one of the most insecure characters to ever be on um, in a movie. So. 
<laughs> oh, absolutely. And that that's I'm thinking of one specific thing right now, and I, I don't know if it's the same thing you're thinking of, but I'm thinking of one specific thing that just really highlights the insecurity. And, and like you said, we'll get to it. There's so many of them. It's awesome. Well, and we get rock and roll playing. You know, it's like a bluesy rock as we get another quick cut montage of MacGruber getting into his car. And his car is a fucking Miata. It's a red Miata with a luggage rack. Um, and uh, I learned uh, through my research that the luggage rack was not written into the script. It's just, in fact, um, when asked about it, um, uh, Will Forte said, do they not all come with luggage racks? He thought they all came <laughs> You know, I think they all – That's I would have guessed they all came with luggage, luggage racks too. I mean, we all know about that luggage rack either way. So, But what's funny is, again, this is a funny editing joke, is that it's all this like just fucking rock and roll. You know, we're like, oh, my God, he's getting in this badass car because we just see a red sports car. We don't see what it is. And then he turns on the radio – He's, you know, and he, well, he slides the radio in. We'll talk about the radio joke. And then Rosanna by Toto starts playing and, and it's like soft rock. And then he drives away, you know, um, tell me about the, the radio joke. And, and, and Travis, do you remember uh, folks that did this? I do uh, for, and that was, that was something that it wasn't lost on me, but I probably didn't appreciate it as, as much as somebody that probably had to constantly do that uh, back in, you know, and that it kind of harkens back to the, him standing out like a sore thumb and uh, really being, instead of just obviously having the mullet, but also being from a bygone era, right? He's, he brings this radio with him everywhere because he's afraid it's going to get stolen. And, I actually remember, I guess it would have been still, uh, in my high school years, we, you could pop off the radio face. So you didn't have to take the whole radio out. So, and it was like when it was digital and all that stuff, but he brings, he takes the whole radio out every time he leaves his car. And it, it, it do you like, did you, is that something you had experience with? Yes. Uh, so when I was younger, um, you know, basically how this works for younger people that don't understand this is that, <laughs> you know, when when like car stereos start, started getting expensive and started being a thing that people might invest in their car, um, then, you know, people were stealing them all the time, you know. And so it was much harder to steal the speakers than to just pop out the radio, you know, like the, the unit and take it with you. So people would break in and take them. So eventually they became easier to remove so that you could like buy a little strap and carry it around with you so no one could take it. Meanwhile, they could very easily just steal your fucking car. I mean, I don't know what, you know, it doesn't prevent someone from stealing your car just the radio it's the dumbest thing ever and it's a deep cut and something that when i saw it i was like oh my god that is awesome i remember idiots walking around with those things um when i was younger we had one radio in a car that did that but we didn't take it out because who the fuck was going to steal our radio you know (laughs) and that's that's what i'm talking about the nuance like that's a joke to to your point that i mean even in in what, 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 2013? No, it came out, wait, no. 2009. 2009, okay. So why, why did I think that it was 2023 for a second? Holy shit. This right. this quarantine is really fucked with me. Um, but even then, I don't think I would have, I think it would have been lost on me. But I, that's, that's the brilliance of this movie is they still included it anyway, knowing that not everyone was going to get the joke. That's pretty awesome. Well, so MacGruber arrives at a gym to the tune of Baker Street, 
you know, he's listening. He listens to only soft rock, which is awesome because I, I really like soft rock, by the way. Um, but and he removes the radio to bring it with him, and we walk up on a uh, a supple, uh, strong, uh, muscular uh, Chris Jericho working out. And this is fucking hilarious. He's doing pre- he's doing like the bench press, and there's somebody spotting him, and he's like, "No, no, I got it." And McGruber walks up, and he's like, "Just like Frank, always trying to do stuff on his own." And um, I don't know if you wrote this down or anything, but this little interaction between them is pretty great, right? Yeah, I, I didn't write it down, but I, I mostly remember the like the kind of the the back and forth of like, oh, I'm gonna need you. Or he's like, oh, you're retired. He's like, no, I'm gonna need you now. And they and they he makes a dick joke, and they just commiserate about dick jokes. He's like, oh, I love hearing your dick jokes. I love telling them, you know. It's and it's just this 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I'll listen. That's that's what it is. Uh, and and that's that was really what what stuck out to me were the dick jokes. Obviously, I mean, what else is gonna stick out here? Yeah. Well, I mean, Gruber says he doesn't have to work out because it's it's a workout enough to carry his giant penis around. His so pi- his python. Yeah. Right. <laughs> awesome. So then we get a team build montage, and this is awesome because we he basically visits different places and recruits these teams, and this means he walks up and smiles knowingly at them. That's it. That's all that happens, right? <laughs> um, but we get some jokes here. Uh, so we, we get one joke that, you know, it, I mean, it's it's little off. But so MVP, er, wait, wait, first we see Mark Henry. He's Mark a construction worker, right? Yes, um, jackhammering. <laughs> and then MVP is a homeless vet, I guess. He's, just, yeah. he's on the street and he just drops a grenade in his little homeless cup. <laughs> What was that? And then Great Kali is next. What what was he doing? I, he he's the one I don't remember. He, he was, was welding. welding. Yes. Okay. And then Kane. Yeah, Kane's throwing knives at like right. a, a gun range. Yeah, and, and McGruber walks out. For, there's people firing guns down range right next to him. He throws a knife because he's all about knives, I guess. We never get that far with him. But And then McGruber walks out from behind the fucking um, target like – Brother, you're you're down range in a fucking firing squad. <laughs> like, he might as well get killed. And he, you know, smiles knowingly. Um, and then we get the the you know the one kind of off joke here, where Big Show is a mechanic, right? And he just starts making out with this dude that brings him a a a cup of lemonade. And um and then MacGruber's not cool with that. He's like, nah. And he, you see him like scratching his name out. But what? I mean, Travis, what do you think about Big Show's passionate kiss that he had with this guy? It was awesome. I, I think it's great. And I, I, at the same time, it's like, that's why I wrestled with this this section, because I was like, why did they have to include like that, that part about him? Because Big Show, Big Show kisses his boyfriend and then uh, MacGruber crosses his name off the list and doesn't recruit him. Right. For for that reason, I'm like, why would you why would you even do that? But I mean, big, big ups to Big Show being in character yes. and and showing that there's nothing wrong with that. And, and, and that's, but that's, and that's where I was like, I think that they're trying to show the dichotomy of how backwards MacGruber is. Yes. And, and that's, that's where I kind of landed on is that I, I don't think they, they were trying to be, uh, you know, not couth and, and insensitive, uh, by putting, putting that in there. It just goes to show how much of an asshole MacGruber is. At least that's how I interpreted it. How well, about you? 
there's one way you can fix this, okay? You can make it okay. And that is just have a post-credit sequence or 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 at the end, there's a wedding at the end, have Big Show at the wedding with his, with his yeah. man. And in that yes. way, we know that the decision to not involve him in all this was good for him. You know what I mean? So so his, his uh, you know, characteristic of being gay actually not only does it help him you know, with his life and it's his, who he wants to be and everything, but it also keeps him from getting killed in the scenario. So I think that that would be a way to fix this and make it a little more up to date, but it is yes. what it is. It's, it's in the movie. So, um, and then the last name we see on the list is Vicky St. Elmo. It's circled as the team slow-mo walks with guns looking badass. <laughs> so good. So good. So McGruber, this, <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, well, this scene that you're about to describe is one of my favorites, even, and I, I don't know why. Like, it just is absolutely one of my favorite scenes. Go, go May, ahead. Sorry. She's fantastic. She's so yes. funny in this. And, and part of it is her doing her kind of awkward, like, gimmick that she usually does. However, in most movies where she's playing that kind of character, she lays it on so thick that it's awful. And, and in this movie, she actually has other character attributes, and she's... You know, her character is that she is a, you know, lovesick kind of dreamer is what she is. But she's also an expert at explosives or something like that. We never really know why she's on the team, honestly, because what does she do? <laughs> Nothing. Right? You're right. We don't we don't know. She's the songwriter of the team. Correct. Like, like, what is that? So she's singing like MacGruber arrives at her house. He walks in, doesn't, doesn't knock, of course. And, um, and she, that's and, what I said. I was like, why do you just walk into people's houses? Like he just walks in and she's singing this cheesy love song that she's written. And it's like, uh, you know, I just, there's like a, the end, like punchline part of it is like, she's like, and that's all that matters is two kids and me and you. So she wants a family. All she cares about. That's what she's been dreaming about and writing all these songs about. And she sees McGruber who she thinks is dead. And, and she seems a little angry that, you know, that he didn't tell her that he wasn't dead. And uh, she says she doesn't want to join the team because of that. Right. Yes. And then we, we get the reason why. So, <laughs> So this is uh, the other part of the wedding that we didn't get to see. Will you tell us about this, Travis? Yes. So it's <laughs> this is the, this is I I love this part just because it's it's so in your face. So she it shows her as a guest of the wedding and she's viewing the wedding uh, as uh, sitting from the crowd and she's smiling and it clips to the happy couple on stage and they're looking deep into each other's eyes and it clips back to to Kristen Wiig. And all of a sudden there's this explosion and just blood splatters all over her face. And she's like, oh, staring in horror, almost screaming, like just mouth agape at what she's just seen. She's just seen her best friend blow up in front of her. And it's just so (laughs) in your face. It's amazing. So she was at the wedding, you know, and and this is why she's and it's not that she's afraid. We learned that she feels obligated to not bang her best friend's almost husband. You know what I mean? That's kind of the reason why. Right. Um, (laughs) So but she says she doesn't want to say yes. And, um, you know, and and MacGruber's like, well, if you change your mind, uh, you know, look me up. And he hands her a note. And, and it just says, it says in like little kids handwriting says, I'm at the Pentagon, at the right? Pentagon. So, and that's what I was mentioning earlier where they do sight gags, but they do them yes. in a way 
that, you know, is actually propelling the story because now she knows where he's at. You know, it actually works. So um, <laughs> we see uh, Kunth at his compound um, and he is talking to the X-5 rocket. He's like, he says, you, you ever gone to D.C. before? You know, um, so he's going to blow up the White House with this fucking rocket at some point. Right. Yes. Um so Max, now this is this is probably the you know uh, turning point. This is the end of Act One, the beginning of Act Two for sure. Um, and uh, this is probably one of the greatest scenes in the movie. I mean, Travis, yes. if you want to go for it, please, please tell me all about this. So MacGruber, they're sitting uh, in a van with his team, and they're all like hyped up. They're ready to go kick pound some cunt. I was gonna say kick some cunt, but pounding some cunt sounds that better. Too. Yeah, that doing whatever you want to whatever comp you want, and you're 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 they're they're all hyping each other up, and they're ready to go do this. And uh, MacGruber spots uh, the the vehicle coming in, and he knows it's the colonel, and he says, "Ah, oh, fuck, the brass is here. I got it. Let me go handle the brass." And he gets out of the car, and the group is chanting, "Fuck the brass! Fuck the brass!" Because it. <laughs> I get that's what you do when you're a renegade band of brothers going to pound some cunt is you don't want to be told what to do. So he, he gets uh, goes up to the SUV uh, Piper and the Colonel get out and he uh, Colonel wants Piper to go with him again. He basically takes a, another run. Are you sure you don't want uh, Piper to go with you? And th this is where it's, again, th this whole scene is just magical, but you get one of the best back and forths of the, of the whole film. And it, do you, do you want to say, or do you want me to? Because this is, I, I feel like I'm stealing this from you. Uh, so uh, Piper's got a bandaid on his nose and MacGruber's like, how's your nose rookie? And Piper says, it's fine. I just banged it into a giant vagina. And MacGruber goes, so my face is a vagina, huh? Well, I bet you wish your nose was a dick so you could fuck butts. <laughs> and this is, I think like just, the the movie in a nutshell is this scene is it, you could just show somebody that this this scene and that would that would tell you what the the movie is and they what's, go back and forth what's go good about it too though just real quick is that ryan Phillippe's character um starts to gain a little bit of mcgruber's respect because of how shitty he is to me. yes tr true that's a real and th that goes back to the nuance they're talking about faces noses being dicks and faces <laughs> being vaginas and in the in all of this there's nuance of that respect being built there so that's what i'm saying that's what i'm telling you that's the genius of this film and and roundabout way we get to mcgruber saying i'm not there's uh, you can ride in the trunk if you want oh wait no you can't that's where i've packed two tons of dynamite that i packed with my own two hands and then in the back of the seed, you see the van with all of the killer stoppers, the team of the WWE wrestlers all go up in a huge ball of fire. And then MacGruber runs over and this is just this, this, this is the icing. This is the cherry on top. He's running over and I'm telling you, there's like nothing left. There's like, it's a husk of the SUV. There's no way anybody could survive. But of course, MacGruber's running over going, tug, tug, you guys okay? <laughs> guys, are you tug, tug? And then, then he finally just gives up and then does the, the wail that you were talking about, the screaming crane shot where he's like, ah! 
it's, and uh, it flips. It, it's like a little kid if you know something really like i don't know something like bad happened to a little kid's toy no 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 you know he's just yes. running around it's call 911 call 911 you know and powers booth and and uh and um uh, dixon piper they're just no selling they're just standing there looking yes. at him which is you know you got to have these straight characters to you know uh kind of play off which is awesome <laughs> So just it was just amazing. It was probably I, in a movie full of my favorite scenes. This was one of my favorite scenes. This also shatters all of you know all of um, MacGruber's insecurities. Just uh, were on you know on the you know the stage for everyone to see here, and uh, you know him losing his shit just shatters his confidence. And yes. um, you know, we cut straight to Jim's office after the funeral as McGruber <laughs> looks, he longingly looks out the window and says, it's a fucking asshole of a day. Um, and, and Jim says that uh, he discusses Mac's use of the F word at the funeral. Cause I guess he gave a eulogy and uh, you know, he says, maybe you couldn't have said the F word as much and you sh- shouldn't have said fuck. And he's like, well, it's a fucking asshole of a day. Um, and Mac, uh, you know, he thinks he should be dead. Um, so, you know, Jim, uh, powers booth, he says, you know, you're off the case. And there's a lot of this that happens in the movie. You're off the case. You're on the you're case. The case. case. Yeah. Right. And you can't do that, Jim. You can't do that. And without a team, Jim can't chance it, you know? Uh, so we get one of the funniest scenes of the movie right after one of the funniest <laughs> scenes in the movie. And that's kind of how this movie is. So absolutely. Mac, uh, I'm glad we yeah. agree on this. I'm glad you framed that as and we get one of the funniest scenes at the movie because this is another one of the scenes where I just was like, oh my god, this is the greatest. Anytime that MacGruber loses his mind, loses his shit, and like he he sheds his you know uh, his ego. This is what you know he experiences ego death right in front of us. This is the best stuff in the movie. So yes. he he begs Piper to to join the team after telling him no. You Join team and then killing all of his members. He's a fucking asshole. And he offers to suck Piper's dick or fuck him or let him fuck him, fuck him right? Or so, let me or watch me fuck whatever you want. Or watch him fuck something. And basically, <clears throat> this scene, you know, kind of culminates with two things. One, uh, MacGruber screaming, just tell me what you want me to fuck, like that, which is awesome, which they cut away. To, to Piper and they cut back and then he's naked from the yes. waist down turning over. <laughs> yes. <And> he's like, <laughs> and he's talking about what in the office would work best for Lou. For Lou. White owl, poppy yes. toner, like that, right? So. Printer toner. Do we, what do we got? Do we got white out a printer toner? That could be, that could work as lube. <laughs> So but he's like crying he's in tears. He's talking about getting fucked using printer toner as lube. You'd like talk about your ego failure and ego shattering like a rock bottom. This is it. This is rock bottom. So MacGruber crumbles to the floor and Piper, le- Piper learns why MacGruber so he hates Cunt so much. He says that Cunt killed MacGruber's wife, you know, and, and Jim walks in on this <laughs> and Mac MacGruber's just laying on the floor with his pants down and, you know, and everyone acts embarrassed. <laughs> like Jim walks in like he just caught him jerking off or something like that. And everyone's like, oh, God. Um, and so MacGruber grabs his radio and, and goes to leave. But Piper stops him and he says, I'm joining the team. Um, and Jim says they need three people for a team. And suddenly 
just on cue, Vicky uh, St. Elmo's Fire or whatever, she arrives on cue and joins the team too. So now they have three people, and I think she even sings like "I'm here too" or something like yeah, that. I don't. I, know. I think so. Yes, three makes three or some something. I don't. It's it's yes, whatever. But again, she's the songwriter of the group, I guess. Oh. <laughs> yes. So we got another team already. Um, MacGruber's ready to go, and we cut to Las Vegas. <clears throat> the team pulls up to a club. Oh yeah, because they learn that uh, you know Dieter von Kant is going to be at this this thing. Um, this kind of this this uh, I don't know. He's they they know he hangs out at this club, so they're going to this club. Yeah, he owns he owns the club, right? Right. There you go. Thank you. Um, and uh, let's see here. And, uh, they pull up the club. Piper is riding on the center console of the Miata, which is a two-seater. You know? so, <laughs> and MacGruber's plan is to go fuck up shit and to get yes. cunt. I mean, that's it. He's going to fuck shit up, and that's going to get cunt. Now, here's the th- other key part of the plot is that Dieter von Kunt doesn't know that MacGruber's alive. So, you know, many times characters are like, oh, you know, this is our this is our chance to get him. He doesn't know you're alive. And so MacGruber blows all that, um, <laughs> of course, immediately, because um, we get uh, the setup for the funniest joke in the movie, though, right here. Yes. Uh, is God, that ama- I'm, so, I'm so glad that we're on the same fucking page. Yeah, I can't this- tell you how much you just said sets you up for the funniest joke of the movie. I can't. I've never felt closer to you than I do at this moment right now. <laughs> And I'm I'm sorry for hijacking the show just to tell you that, but the fact that you were just hitting everything that like really spoke to me is okay. Sorry, go ahead. What happens? Tell me, tell me what is the setup for the best joke in the movie? <laughs> A guy drives by and makes fun of the Miata and calls. What does he say? What does he call him? He calls, he's like idiot Douche or something. Bag or something. Douche bag, yeah. yeah something and drives away and mcgruber focuses on the guy's license plate kfbr 392 kfbr 392 kfbr 392 to memorize it and then piper's talking to him kfbr 392 and then mcgruber responds to him a couple of times kfbr 392 just committing that license plate to memory kfbr 392 kfbr 392 and then they eventually get out of the car and the the other car the the jerk guy drove off and uh, you know at this point that he's committed this license plate to memory and that really, really, really bothered him that this guy did, that insulted his Miata in front of his team, right? Like it goes to show yes. that like how small of a man he is, is that you you know there's gonna this is gonna build to something based off of the movie you're watching, right? At this point you know that this is gonna build to something. <laughs> They and, don't, yeah, they don't drop things in this movie. That's another. It's a well-made movie. There's not just shit that gets dropped. Everything comes back. Everything, you know. Exactly. Um, it, it's funny too because he seems psychotic about this, you know, and they <laughs> yes. look at him like you're fucking crazy for doing that, just for repeating that over and over again. And maybe he is. We'll find out later. Um, it's like laces out from Ace Ventura almost. Like he, that's the feeling you're getting. Yes. So, so uh, MacGruber walks into the bar and he just attacks a bartender and grabs a microphone and he takes. <laughs> he says, he says, "Hey, have you heard of the X three nine seven? Bye!" It just hits the guy in the face. Yeah, the guy's like, "What do you have?" And he just beats him up. So, and then, and then another um, kind of funny joke is that um, MacGruber constantly makes threats that don't that aren't threatening. For example, he takes Vicky hostage here. <laughs> and he says, who's on his team and says, these folks better quiet down or he's going to kill her. And he's like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not going to kill her at all. Actually. She's with me. Um, he says he's MacGruber and he's going to kill Kunth. 
on this microphone. So he's blown his cover. Um, and, and you see, uh, you know, uh, Dixon is or Peters, whatever Dixon Piper, he's rolling his eyes, you know, cause he knows this is an idiotic thing to do. And he gives an address to this crowd where, um, you know, where he will be at a certain time the next day. And he, and he own he ends this up by saying, so please spread the word. You freaking turds. And uh, <laughs> we learned that Mac has no plan at all. He just kind of makes it up as he goes. So, yep. Because Piper's like, what's your plan? And he goes, ah, uh, <laughs> doesn't have I, one. I kind of just make it up. Yeah, it's a, that doesn't sound like a plan at all. Yeah. Now fine. we we are transported to Dieter von Kunz's artistic side. Can you tell me a little bit about what he likes to do in his uh, in his um, free time? Yeah, he's painting, and there is a naked, what would you say, 80-year-old woman, 70, 80-year-old woman sitting there, just topless, and just just boobs out, and he's painting. And First off, his painting doesn't look anything like this woman. It's just a bunch of colors. I think he does have some boobs on there, but he's painting, and it's no one's saying shit. It's just this... It, that's why the scene is brilliant because no, this is not out of the ordinary for Kunth. He is painting an eight-year-old nude woman, and that's when his henchman Constantine walks in and says, "Oh yeah, we had uh, this guy. Somebody attack uh, calls a scene at your nightclub the other, last night." And D- Dieter von Kunth's kind of like, "Well, yeah, okay, well, uh, it's, yeah, some guy named MacGruber." And that's when Kunth it's his ears perk up. And that's that's when you you really know that I mean obviously you knew before but oh now Kunth knows Kunth knows that that MacGruber's alive. But but Kunth is he he doesn't want them to to underestimate uh, MacGruber. Yeah. You know he believes that MacGruber is a danger because he yeah. says he says uh, do you remember the assassination of Jimmy Carter? And he's and uh, Constantine's like no. He's like well, MacGruber stopped it, you know. So apparently MacGruber has done some things, you know. And um, yeah, well, he and, said, why didn't you stop him? Why didn't you kill him? Right. And he said, honestly, we thought he was mentally handicapped. And and because they've got a bunch of pictures from the surveillance footage, and it's it's MacGruber just screaming at the surveillance camera, and then one of them flipping it off with gritted teeth, just ah. crazy uh, person. Just an absolute fucking batshit person, just obsessed and uh, just obsessed with killing Kunth. And Kunth uh, says, well, keep an eye out for him and puts MacGruber's, the surveillance photo of MacGruber uh, on the uh, easel and paints a red X over uh, the, the image of MacGruber flipping him off. Yeah, he orders the hit, you know, yep. and um, and we also failed to mention before that uh, that in the time the past 10 years, uh, Dieter von Kunt has become a kind of like a good guy in the oh, terms yes. of everyone thinks that he's just some like, you know, very successful businessman that only does good things. So MacGruber walking in and accusing Kunt of all this shit of having an X5 rocket and stuff is just ludicrous to most people. So, you know, of course they thought he was an idiot. Um, and we cut to another ridiculous scene. Oh my God. So, um, you know, they're preparing for their plan. Cause remember MacGruber said, he basically said, well, tell Dieter von Kunt that I'll be at this place at this time. And it's like a little yes. coffee shop, right? So we see Vicky is dressed up like MacGruber. Why? <laughs> so stupid. It's it's such a good scene. Like even the build where you the reveal that he's dressed, she's dressed up as him, and he's like, yeah. 
Kunt won't even get near you, or Kunt won't lay a finger on you. And he said, and then he says he'll get dangerously close to you, maybe, but he won't <laughs> lay a finger on you. And and he so she's in this coffee shop dressed as MacGruber for reasons we don't know. Dixon or Piper and MacGruber are in a surveillance van a few blocks away, but really it turns out like, he's like, we'll be right there. We're right here for you. Only seven blocks away. And, and Vicky's like, what? <laughs> and, and then he goes, I'm sorry. You got me 22 blocks away. We're just 22 short blocks away. And Piper says, Piper says, well, there were plenty of space. He goes with meters. He didn't want to pay for the parking. <laughs> yes. Yes. But what? Vicky's talking into this camera that they've set up in the coffee shop and also through the wire that she has. And MacGruber is leading her to act like MacGruber. Hey, what would Magru- WWMD, what would MacGruber do? It's bizarre. I mean, his plan makes no sense, but basically he's using her as bait to piss off Kunth. You know, and like his whole thing with these plans are, you know, like, oh, then what are they going to do when they find out it's not me? They're going to be so mad. And it's like he's just playing stupid pranks on them when really he should be trying to kill them or capture them. Um, so, you know, so we get this setup here, which is a very unique setup where you say, you know, the two guys are in a van down the street and Vicky is dressed as MacGruber in a coffee shop, having a conversation with herself, seemingly, because she is talking out loud. Um, through the earpiece and everyone in the coffee shop notices that she's acting insane. Right. Yes. Um, and this is probably Kristen Wiig's best scene in the movie. She's awesome in this. Um, yes. You know, but basically she has to follow MacGruber's orders and ends up acting completely insane. Um, like for example, she orders a, a, a latte mocha or some shit. And he's like, Oh, no, MacGruber, whenever, whenever we're us. She's like, Whoa. So she, her excitement in her voice kind of mirrors whatever MacGruber says. So if MacGruber is like all fired up, she's just yelling, you know, and this poor guy that's just taking her order is like, Oh my God. Um, he does a good job just standing there looking pissed. And like, for example, she tips and MacGruber's like, Oh, you wouldn't, I would never tip. <laughs> so she digs the tip out slowly, just yes. staring at the clerk. Right? So awkward. Just like, she's like, sorry. <laughs> so suddenly Kunst stooges, um, they start shooting up the van. Was it one of them? Uh, they start shooting up the van, and so while that's happening, Vicky is just screaming and rolling around on the ground in the middle of this place. It's hard to describe this in a way that is, you know, doing it any kind of justice. Um, yeah, she's I, she's just flailing on the ground, going, "Oh God, no! Oh God!" And because all she's hearing is what it sounds like her team dying and gunshots, with half which have to be loud. Because MacGruber's also screaming bloody murder. Like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm going to die, you know, in the van. Well, and then we get to see uh, MacGruber be a little bit competent because he uses an Incredimop. He's hand me that Incredimop <laughs> to steer the van and is able to kill the goon whose name is Haas Bender, which is a hilarious city name. Um, yeah. So we see that Mac does have some, you know, he's he has some some things he can do. Um I really like that scene. When I think of this movie, a lot of times that's the scene I think of just because I think Kristen Wiig was so funny in it and like, and, and her freaking out and then going silent and everyone's just staring at her. And then she yes. goes, it's okay. It's okay. They're going to be alive. Well, they don't hear the other end of this conversation. So you know, it's just, it's a really unique comedy premise. And I think they did a good job with it. So I absolutely um, agree. 
Okay, so here we are. Uh, all right, so they meet back up and they get into the goon's car, right? And they find the money to buy the launch codes. So they're doing some shit, you know? They And they go to the meetup, all right? But this time, Vicky is dressed up like, like Hoss Bender. <laughs> I don't know why. So this time, Max's plan is to dress Vicky up and use her as bait again, dress her up like Hoss Bender, right? And this is where we, we learn that uh, there's a difference between winging it and then just seeing what happens. You know, it's a little different, right? So, yes. We also learn that Mac doesn't use guns, all right? As, uh, you know, he digs through a trash can, collecting items, trying to, like, make a distraction or something like that. Um, and, uh, you know, so because what happens is, is that Vicky walks into this meetup. And, I mean, and she doesn't even get one second in. And somebody goes, that's not fucking hospital. And they yeah. all Right. It's so good. That's what I'm talking about. The nuance again, because he's so convinced this this disguise is gonna work, and it's like she has like put her toe into the door, and they're like, "That's not Haas," and they just start shooting. At her. <laughs> so what's the point? Like the Piper's like, "So what is this gonna do?" And he's like, "Oh, they're gonna be so mad. They don't know. They won't know what to do." And he's yeah. like, "So what? It's <laughs> like, what does that do for them? Nothing, you know." So, and then you know, most people watching this movie on a surface level, this will be the scene that they remember because, you know, MacGruber uses a unique distraction to kind of help them, you know, get through this situation. Do you remember what this distraction was here, Travis? Yes. Uh, and Piper was dressed as MacGruber for no reason oh, yes, because like, right. <laughs> MacGruber had to, to do this distraction, which is he, he does a penguin walk. There's guards and he does a penguin walk and you just see him, you know, waddling out. And first you, it pans up slowly. He's barefoot, but actually no, he's butt ass naked. And he's got his, he's covering his junk with one hand. And lo and behold, this piece of celery that he pulled out uh, amongst his trinkets from the trash is lodged firmly inside of his butt. And yeah. he is just motioning around and the guards are like, what in the fuck is this? Piper is like, what in the fuck is this? So much that MacGruber has to say, shoot him now, get him. And they, the plan works. The distraction works, even though it was a st stalk of celery up his ass. And and then MacGruber brags about killing the bad guys. He's like, do you see all those bad guys that killed Piper's like, I shot him. He's like, yeah, but I did the celery thing, you know? And, uh, and he also gives Piper tips on the celery thing on how to do it. If he ever needs to, you know, don't use that end, use the other end, you know? And, uh, and Piper says, I will never do that. You know, of course. Um, and Vicky enters. Well, this is okay. So Vicky enters after that. And the bad guys immediately recognize it's not Bender. They start shooting Vicky flees and, uh, MacGruber struggles to make a homemade grenade while this is all going on. And he asks to use Piper's gun to stir the grenade mixture. Yes. <laughs> I need something to stir this. Let me see your gun. Um, and it's basically an ineffective tennis ball bomb. Um, I have a real quick story to tell, Travis. Um, yeah. I knew a psychotic uh, kid when I was younger. Um, this kid was uh, into weapons big time, you know, and he would often invent weapons, you know, whether that was like taping a knife to a stick or, you know, uh, I don't know, taping a, a knife to a gun or something. I mean, this kid always had some new weapon. And he invented one of the most like just like dangerous things I've ever heard of. Um, have you ever used strike anywhere matches? Are you familiar with these? Yes, I, I have. Yes. It, it, you can strike them anywhere that you can strike them on your teeth. You can strike them on your foot, you know, and, and they, they light every time. So what do you do is he take a, uh, a tennis ball 
and he would uh, cut it open and fill it with um, like BBs and gunpowder and um, strike anywhere match tips. So you'd fill it with that, tape it together, and then you throw it, and the motherfucker would explode. And it was the most dangerous thing ever. So that's so that's who I grew up, grew up with. Um, but uh, much like I did when I saw that, uh, Vicky has peed her jeans too. She, she peed them. <laughs> she has to pee them. I so. peed them. I peed them. <laughs> and her mustaches. This is again, like if you haven't decided, if you haven't watched this movie, or you did and you like me didn't like it at first, go back and rewatch it because we're even leaving out more nuanced things. Okay. Like the mustache is hanging off, her disguised mustache is hanging off. When she fled, it was hilarious. It's just one of there's just a, a scene of her running out of the door, like the the like just it's dead quiet, and she just goes, ah. It's, it's still one of the. It's still hilarious. So we're even leaving stuff out, even though it feels like we're being super thorough. We're leaving stuff out. Yeah, and this is going to probably be like two hours long or something like that, and we're still going to miss all kinds of stuff. So yeah. you know, and that's what's great. That's a great comedy. It bears repeating. You can watch it over and over and pick up other things. Um, that that that's what great comedies do. So. Uh, all right. So after this, they try to trace a call. Right. So Kunth like calls MacGruber or MacGruber calls him. I can't remember. Um, and, and MacGruber immediately botches it because they say, now, remember, you got to keep him on the line for like 10 seconds. And he just starts yelling obscenities. <laughs> so so things up on it. Right. So then uh, Jim calls, uh, you know, and tells Mac about the fundraiser uh, that Kunth will be at. But he says, now, don't show up there because, you know, our ace in the hole is that Kunt doesn't know that you're dead or that you're alive. And MacGruber's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. He sure doesn't know. <laughs> and he says, we definitely will not go. Um, and then he hangs up and says, we're definitely going to that. Right. <clears throat> All right. So this is another really fun scene. Um, we're in Salt Lake City at this uh, this, uh, you know, fundraiser. This is a a fundraiser for, you know, some kind of you know, charity. Okay. So there's just a bunch of normal people there that, yeah, or they're rich, but it's just normal people in a really nice house. Um, and, and MacGruber arrives in a white suit with these like sunglasses with like a uh, leather around them to, you know, block out the sun on the right and left side. Um, he looks absolutely ridiculous and he walks in in slow motion and the doorman's like, do you have, and he just flips the doorman Whoops. off, you know, as he walks by into the party and take me home tonight plays. And it's fucking awesome. Um, it, this, the way they shot this reminds me of movies that where there's a prom, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the kid the kid's showing up at the prom and like, that's what it's like. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. So he flips off the doorman. Um, and then, um, uh, MacGruber executes an upper decker while uh, Piper looks through uh, Mac's notebook of clues. Now, which which thing would you like to describe? What an upper decker is or the notebook of clues? Notebook of clues. Okay, so I'll tell it real sure. quick. An upper decker, it, it Mac explains, is when you poop into the tank and not into the uh, the bowl. So he went first thing he does is flip off a doorman and walk upstairs and poop in the tank. So um, now when Piper's looking through this this notebook, it says book of clue it says clues on it and then fill me in on on the rest of this here <laughs> the first page is it, it, it just says because obviously i remember everything after this more but it says clues or ideas yes. and it just is a lit an unfinished list of just one thing so he has written nothing down he has no ideas <laughs> he has no next steps and then as as piper flips through you start to see 
uh-oh, here we are. KFBR392, written over and over again. And as he's flipping the pages, this is getting progressively worse. And the music's starting to get sinister, and it's just like, mmm. And I, when I'm talking at first, it's just like he's written it once, right? And then the next couple of pages, he's starting to write it obsessively. And it's just like line after line. KFBR 392 KFBR 392 and then he starts to flip to pages and there's just one single letter K F B R 392 now these are that's seven different pages and in the background of each K there's KFBR 392 <laughs> and some of the single letters are made out of out of little yeah. tiny you know written KFRB for whatever it is so uh, that's funny what else? Then he flips t- to a, <laughs> a page of MacGruber hanging over the gentleman that called him a douchebag, and he is pooping on the gentleman. And the guy's looking up, and they, he, well, he, I think the guy's just standing there on this one, and he's just getting poop on him. And MacGruber, and, it's just, and the music the whole time's getting more sinister. It's just going, mm-hmm. and then he flips one more page, and this time, instead of pooping on the gentleman, uh, MacGruber is still hanging up on a tree branch or a wire. And not only is MacGruber pooping, and yes, the gentleman is, has his face up this time and his mouth open, but MacGruber is also peeing. So it's showing poop and pee falling from the sky, complete with MacGruber's dick, for sure, drawn dick. And it's just this, it's just poop and pee raining down on this gentleman, the the, the driver of KFBR 392. And it ends in like, and uh, Piper closes the notebook and like shivers. And yes! <laughs> The punchline is that he shivers. <laughs> yes. It's awesome. And the music makes that because it's just it like does. tension, you know, and and we, we are learning that MacGruber is fucking insane. <laughs> so, all right. <laughs> well, back inside. And that's not the that's so that's a rule of threes joke. So that's number two. So we're going to get to number three here at some point. Um, OK, so MacGruber is inside and he sees Vicky dressed in all white and he he likes what he sees. You know, also, I forgot to mention earlier when he saw he was helping her with her MacGruber costume and he goes, you know, you look really pretty. You know, he notices that she's good looking when she's dressed like him. She's dressed as MacGruber. Yes. Again, <laughs> so another thing we forgot. Like, it's just, right. there's so many things. So he's notices again that she's pretty. And this is an awesome joke, too, where she says, she says, oh, see that really that guy over there, that really handsome guy. That's one of Cunt's goons. And Mac is like, oh, no, no, no. That guy. You think that guy's handsome? He goes, well, I, I know that guy's got nothing to do with it. And, and there's like this really old, like Japanese guy that's like a like a I don't know. He, he works there or something. He's trying to, like, pick up glasses. And, and he goes, oh, that guy, that guy's got he's full of secrets. Go, you know, you tail that guy. <laughs> So because he's so insecure, he can't imagine now that he's noticed Vicky is pretty. He, she must be his. And he can't imagine her even thinking about another man. Right. Even though she was just, you just describing. Just go ahead. Just, just go quit. Yeah. Are you going to go quit? Go quit. Yeah. Be with them. Then. Go quit. The, go quit. The, like, and again, just showing how insecure of a human MacGruber is. 
it's, it's fantastic. So, um, <laughs> yeah, she said, the, he said the, that old Japanese guy, he's teaming with Intel. He says, that's awesome. <laughs> so <laughs> MacGruber crashes a card game. Um, and, uh, this is Kunth and a Senator, right. And, uh, you know, that are having a card game, real intense poker game. And there's like this beautiful woman, uh, standing next to Kunth and, and, uh, you know, and Kunth is, uh, basically MacGruber says, um, you know, he knows when Kunth is bluffing. So he advises the Senator to go all in um and the senator loses instantly <laughs> and then and then he's in Kunt's pocket which pays off later so <laughs> so mcgruber's a failure immediately um and then he sexually harasses Kunt's daughter um because he says yeah. uh, what does he say to the lady i can't remember what he says Do you remember he said he said well at this point we, she's just a beautiful woman and he's like you're very pretty and is like, I hope you like getting date raped. And and immediately Kunt goes, Kunt goes, that's my daughter. This is my daughter. And it just is like, it's, it's so deadpan. It just like, it's like, bing, bang. He's like, hope you like getting date raped. I hope you're okay with getting date raped. This is my daughter. And it just, and he goes, oh. <laughs> and then they end up, they, they taunt each other. They have a really good back and forth. And that's the thing is that Kilmer has great chemistry with, uh, with MacGruber, you know, and they, they do really good when they're on screen together, which isn't a whole lot in the movie, you know. Um, but Kunt says he doesn't know anything about a warhead, you know, because he's just a, a businessman, you know. And and Mac threatens to <laughs> rip Kunt's dick off and shove it in his mouth. And um, and then the next scene, we see him get tossed through a window outside. So. Yes. And they break his radio. Oh, yeah, that's that's my ne- very next thing. It says, and they break his I'm radio. Sorry, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. We, we got to get it in. You know, and Vi- Vicky witnesses some illegal shit going on with the senator. You know, so she's, you know, even though she was on this Japanese guy, she did notice the other stuff, right? Oh, my goodness. Okay. So next, uh, uh, Dieter von Kunthi dresses his goons down um, because they he asks them, how did MacGruber get in? They're like, well, he just walked in the front door, and he's pissed. So he kills a guy, creating a new piece of art. You know, he has a guy stand right in front of a fucking um, canvas and then shoots him in the head and tells him, go hang that in the foyer uh, to let everybody know what happens if you fuck with me, basically. Um, so then we cut to the war room, you know, in the Pentagon and Jim is angry at MacGruber because, you know, he wasn't supposed to go to the thing that he went to, you know, and obviously Jim knows about it because it went so poorly, you know, um, he takes Mac off the mission again, you know, and then Mac says, I will suck your dick, you know, and then we get that whole thing all over again. I will let you fuck me. (laughs) You want to watch me fuck something? Oh I, man, I'll fantastic! Suck your dick. I will let you fuck me. <laughs> well, that doesn't like, work. He on... says it more commanding. Yeah, yes, it does not work. Yeah, that's funny because he's not. You know, he's going to do whatever he wants, but he wants Jim on his side. You know what I mean? So this is more. He's more confident about it. You know, uh, this time instead of why do you want me to fuck? You know, <laughs> so the team yeah. hangs out. And Piper asks MacGruber when he's going to make a move with Vicky. And, uh, and MacGruber says, shut your butt. I don't know what you mean, you know. Um, and and um, MacGruber uh, says he doesn't know why Cunt killed his wife, um, which is really funny because he says they went, to, they went to college together. And we get this fucking hilarious scene where – uh, uh, Kilmer's playing a guitar and they're all hanging out together and they look like, you know, blatantly they're all like 40, but they look like college yes. students kind of. Um, and, and do you remember 
what like his, you know McGruber and his ex-wife's or his dead wife's relationship to was to Kunth. <clears throat> yes, uh, Kunth and and K- Casey, right? It was Casey. Yes. Uh, were dating originally, and uh, they were a friend group. But but Kunth and uh, Casey were together, and slowly but surely, I, I don't remember how he describes that he they started fucking. But he like starts to say he's like, yeah, we started going to Pound Town or some some fucking <laughs> MacGruber thing, and he says, and then uh, uh, we started having sex gradually. Uh, but then he turns out she was pregnant with with Cunt's baby, uh, and then uh, she got an abortion, and then we started dating. And I don't know why Cunt hates me so much. Well, he asked Vicky to get the abortion so they could start fresh. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Yes. Well, either way, Cunt's unborn child is, is like it, the decision is completely out of his his like purview because MacGruber is directing his future fiance to have an abortion. And, and, and so we turn, it turns out the cunt has a very good reason for blowing up the, the wedding. <laughs> yes. McGruber's a dick, yes. you know? So yes. McGruber, he bonds with Piper and apologizes for being an asshole. And suddenly they are Pearl Harvard and uh, Mac uses Piper as a human shield. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And it's great. It's great. It's a great scene. Like it's just everything that you think he's getting shot from the front. Then he gets turned around and gets shot from the back. And he's just, he's, he's using him as a human shield. Uh, they get away. But when Piper realizes that MacGruber didn't know that he was wearing body armor, cause he's like, how did you know I was wearing, I was wearing a, a bulletproof vest. He's like, you were. And so Piper's what? pissed and he quits the team. Right. So this is, uh, yep. you know, the end of our, our second act beginning our third act, you know, we got to get some heat on our protagonist here and have everything go wrong, which is, that's kind of a, you know, a, a up and down story with this, with this movie with that. But, uh, so MacGruber has been shot, right? Um, whew, Oh my goodness. Okay. So he gets shot and Vicky asks yep. if she can help him. Right. So he's been shot pretty much in the crotch, like right by his yeah. leg, you know, right by his dick. And there is this really gross scene that is just like, What's so funny about this is that MacGruber is the one that's being penetrated. All right. So if, you know, if you want to, this, this is like the opposite of how it would normally be in a movie where there's some kind of, you know, like the, the, the girl with the pearl earring, you know, it's, it's the, the woman having her ear pierced is like a, a euphemism for her losing her virginity here. Well, in this case, you know, MacGruber is being penetrated by Vicky who's digging around in his leg with a pair of pliers um, and they get hot for each other while this is going on. <laughs> yeah, he's he's she's trying to get the bullet out of his leg at, with this pair of forceps, and oh they start talking. She says something completely obvious, like he's like, "Well, why haven't you? You're a virgin." She says she's a virgin. She's like, "Well, I was waiting for this guy that who then eventually uh, got married to my best friend, or was trying to get married to my best friend, but his wife, his, she was killed at their wedding." And MacGruber was like, "Is like, well, you should probably tell him how you feel." And all the while, she's digging around. And he, she pulls out the bullet and he goes, she goes, uh, oh, there, I got the bullet. And he, he says, uh, oh, he's like, oh, she goes, oh, oh. And it turns out MacGruber has an erection. You don't see it, but he's like, oh yeah, I always get hard when women are bringing forceps around my nuts. (laughs) And (laughs) what the fuck? And then she goes to sew that up and he goes, no, wait. I like holes. 
He wants to leave the wound open because he likes holes. And that's MacGruber's sexy talk right there. Yep. Yep. All right. I guess it works. So if you've seen the movie Top Gun or, you know, I don't know, a million, any other 80s, you know, sex scene, that's what we get here, sort of. We get a spin on that because broken wings start playing, you know, and take yep. these broken wings. And we get this hilarious sex scene where, you know, it, it's, it reminds me of Hot Shots a little bit where it's like it's shot in all blue and it's actually sexy. And you see these like really hot people like, you know, rolling around and stuff. But but it's not. Then all of a sudden it cuts to Mac on top of her just making these awful sex noises and and his sexy talk, you know, w- without getting too gross or anything. Could you give me a, you know, a example of something that MacGruber yells during sex? I don't know what is too gross for you because it's like the whole thing is just him heaving. Hey, I'm going. I'm going to shoot. I'm going <laughs> to shoot. <laughs> I'm going to shoot. He spills it, he says. Oh, I'm going to I'm just yeah. Spill it. And it's awesome. Just, I'm going to shoot and it's it's so funny and uncomfortable and hilarious. This is one of those scenes that if you're watching this and you're 12 years old or something like that, you're watching this with your friend. Your mom is walking in during this scene. It is happening. Yes. I don't care yeah. any other part of the movie. I mean maybe one other part, but you know, that your mom or your dad's walking in during this scene and thinking you're crazy. Absolutely. It is yeah. 100%, you yeah. know. Um <laughs> so he he feels guilty and he runs away immediately like he he you know he shoots and then he runs away and he drives to a cemetery all right and he and and he just had sex with this woman okay you know this is exactly what just happened he drives to a cemetery and he has a vision of fucking his dead wife right and and because he's basically asking her permission to, you know, to do this thing. He feels guilty. He wants to feel like he's he's made the right decision by, you know, uh, being with Vicky. Um, so they make hilarious sex noises. Maya Rudolph is so funny in the scene, and she was actually yes. pregnant. She was legit pregnant oh, in real life. Really? Yes. So that's a, that's a, that's hilarious. Well, because he did he does the same thing except he says I'm going to shoot like seventy times as opposed to thirty, and then he says I shot, and then Maya Rudolph goes I did too. Yes. <laughs> they have a call and response thing too. They've clearly done this before, you know, because it's like yes. it's like him going and her going yeah, and him going and her going yeah, you know, and it's it's so funny, man. They must have had so much fun doing that. Um, cause it's just ridiculous. So they have this hilarious sex scene, but really he's just jerking off in a graveyard by fucking the air because they, they cut over to this guy that's walking through the park and he looks over at him and he's just standing there humping the air, you know? So, <laughs> so they shoot together and Casey's ghost give Matt gives him a group of permission to date Vicky. And as he leaves, I mean, you got to wrap this up for us. You started this. You went through number two, the rule of threes. What was number three in the KFBR 392 joke? He's wrapping up. He's left the cemetery. He's just had sex with his ghost wife. And guess (laughs) what car is sitting in the cemetery? (sighs) KFBR motherfucking 392. And then MacGruber... (laughs) <laughs> just proceeds to do every fucking thing in the book 
while uh, who does he call? Does he call Piper? Does Piper call him? Or no, Colonel Jim. calls him. He calls, yeah, the Colonel. Uh, yeah, Colonel calls him. And he's like keying the car, breaking out the windows, just like going to eventually lights the car on fire. He's just like fucking wrecking this car. And it's just, again, all this started, remember, just from the douchebag comment for, uh, that he was insulted by his Miata. And uh, eventually the car owner gets there and MacGruber runs off. <laughs> this is the happiest MacGruber is almost yes. in the whole movie, too. He is so Absolutely. happy. He's talking to Jim. Oh, yeah. You know, he's he just had sex with his ghost wife, as you said, in the graveyard. He's got laid twice in like ten, two yes. hours you know, or who knows how long it was. But, um, oh, my God. So funny. So Jim says they've recovered the rocket and Kunth was not involved after all. But MacGruber doesn't believe him. You know, he's like, oh, that can't be right. You know, so, um, it, you know, what then we see. He says something. He, what, does he say this smells like shit thing here, too, again? Does he does he repeat that? He says something that it's like, uh, it's not that he doesn't he doesn't believe it. I don't remember what he says, but he says that he's he doesn't believe it. And it's like, this is, it, it smells like shit, like shit or something. Like that. <laughs> it I don't could remember be. What it is, but it, um, we see though that Kim, that Kim, Jim was being held hostage by the Senator, um, who is forcing him to make this call, right. Uh, to tell, you know, MacGruber that, Hey, uh, Kunt didn't have anything to do with it. Come on in. And so, and then we see the Senator shoots Jim. So Powers Booth is now dead? Question mark. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> question mark is right. Yeah. So, uh, then MacGruber is at Vicky's house, but she's been taken by Kunt. Kunth calls to tell MacGruber uh, that he's going to kill Vicky. And uh, MacGruber keeps Kunth on the phone long enough to trace the call because he learned his lesson. And then one of the coolest songs ever, uh, Mother or Woman by Wolf Mother, plays as Mac gears up by slashing all, stashing all kinds of normal items on his person. <laughs> this is like fucking <laughs> badass songs playing. And he's like putting toothpicks in his pockets and shit. <laughs> so good. So uh, good. So he meets up with Piper, who is only helping because he's friends with Vicky, and MacGruber claims he's going to rip some throats. Uh, we've heard him mention this a couple times in the movie. We don't really know what he means by that, so we're going to find out, though. So MacGruber and Piper sneaking into Kunt's, uh, you know, hideout, and Mac rips his first throat. What does that mean? What do I mean by that? It, he, it's exactly what it sounds like. You grab somebody's trachea and rip it out. It's disgusting. Right? Like it's it is it is exactly like it's it's throat ripping. Yeah, well, and, and he it's loves exactly it. what it sounds like. He's so he happy. Loves. You know, I mean, again, if we're if we're looking at this movie as like the hero's journey, he, you know, he's you know he's died and come back. He's uh, you know um, made a peace with the dead. He's moved on in his life relationship wise, and now he's ripping throats. I mean, this is good stuff. So. Um, so Kunth, we cut to him and he's got Vicky all tied up and he says bad guy stuff. He makes fun of MacGruber, you know, I'm going to pound some Kunth, you know, makes fun of him. And, uh, and he makes her watch the state of the union address where he's going to send the X five rocket. Um, MacGruber and Piper argue over if it's let's go pound some Kunth or if, the, if that's a good catchphrase, which it absolutely is. Right. A hundred percent is right. So MacGruber rips another throat and, and his hands kind of itchy. You know, he, he, he says he's going for a Turkey and MacGruber and, and Piper's like, what do you mean? He's like, well, it's like in bowling, you know, in bowling, you get three strikes. That's called a Turkey. So in this case, it's ripping throats though. So if I get a third one, that's a Turkey. <laughs> so MacGruber gets on the PA system again, 
he does not like the element of surprise. He likes to fuck that up every time. So he gets on the PA system and talks shit to Kunt. Uh, the goons head for the control room and they enter uh, to a goofy stunt by Mac. He has like a little cup of water over the, the thing and just kind of falls on their head or whatever. And, uh, and we get gunfighting while Vicky tries to get loose. McGruber learns to use a gun. Can you tell me about this? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know how best to explain how he shoots a gun other than it looks like team America shooting like puppet shooting. It's the best way that I can describe it. Cause he's just like, his hands are bobbing up and down. There's no way he's hitting anything and he's just shooting and missing everything. He's basically a stormtrooper, And it's the, it's so funny. Cause he's just going, ah! and it's just, it's, it's not even that they're away from him. It's not like they're too powerful. He is just ge- like gesturing up and down and not shooting in any direction. Really. He's just shooting, but he thinks he's doing amazing. Well, and he's terrified too. You know, he, we learned that he didn't learn to use a gun because he never, he doesn't, use guns because he doesn't know how so you know uh he he, so basically while he's you know just laying down cover fire by just waving the guns in the air and shooting whatever you know piper's taking out all these targets and so mcgruber is like man guns are way better than my stupid invention like why have i been doing this this whole time so that's funny um and then mcgruber jumps in front of piper to save him but the, the goons gun jam. So they bond again over that and MacGruber gets a turkey. And, uh, you know, it's great, too, because, uh, you know, Piper was going to kill the guy. And he's like, you really want that turkey, don't you? You know, and MacGruber, he gives them a tur- the turkey to him. You know, pretty nice moment. Yeah, there. Yes. <laughs> so then they all get captured. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So Kunth acknowledges uh, the upper decker. He's like, thank you for the upper decker. That's funny. Uh, We get the classic bad guy explains his evil plan scene. Uh, He's working for the Chinese and is planning on for uh, uh, framing them for all this stuff. And uh, he has a fake manifesto called fuck you America by MacGruber. Oh no, he's framing MacGruber. That's what it is. So he's framing MacGruber for all this. Right. But yeah, the, the manifesto is like this big written thing with a notebook. It says, fuck you, America by MacGruber. Um, we get a ticking clock with the rocket armed, um, you know, cunt starts torturing MacGruber by cutting his mullet, (laughs) 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 which this this infuriates MacGruber to the point where he just rips two throats. Um, and a goon's about to kill him. But Piper says, Hey, and we pan down, and what do we see? Piper yeah. has used MacGruber's greatest tactic, and he learned from his friend or brother. And guess what? Piper's now butt-ass naked, holding his junk with a stalk of celery up his ass and doing the little shuffle. And everyone's like, what? And that leaves the opening for MacGruber. Or was it, was, does Vicky escape? Is that when Vicky escapes? This is when Vicky performs the most beautiful yeah. spinning kick you will ever see in the world, yes. like on the main goon. And then uh, MacGruber handcuffs Kunth to some like tank thing that's in there. Um, yes. And, and now we get the SNL sketch. And this is when the audience is supposed to realize that this is a prequel to the SNL skits. This is how we got to where we are in those. So um, which, you know, this movie is well made. It has story stuff this is it and we get the snl sketch where it's like you know mass mcgruber asks for everyday items and makes you know he's supposed to be disarming the bomb but he makes an engagement ring for vicky and proposes and she says yes let's defuse the bomb you know who cares about that 
So, but he can't defuse the warhead. And Cunt is like gloating, like, oh, this is awesome. You're all going to die. Um, uh, so he takes all of the guts instead and sets it to self-destruct. Um, they jump away from the building just in time to not die. And we hear that Bobcat sound again from the beginning during the explosion. <laughs> so, oh, Bobcat counter. It's awesome. Um, and then we get a denouement. So that's the end of the movie until we get our little denouement or after scene here. And Mac and Vicky are getting married. Jim's there. Uh, so he's not dead. He lived, which is great. They didn't just leave yeah. that hanging like they would in other movies. Uh, Vicky sings, I do. <laughs> this is funny. <laughs> and we see, it's so good. We see a scarred Vitor Don Kunth. Uh, approach and he shoots a rocket launcher all right it's a direct hit on the priest killing him immediately and sending blood all over the place we hear the bobcat sound again <laughs> so um and then uh mcgruber straight up beats the fuck out of cunt all right uh mcgruber goes to make cunt suck his own dick but it was but cunt is like oh i'd love to see you try it turns off his dick was blown off in the explosion um so mcgruber is yes. infuriated so he, he throws Kunt off a cliff, shooting him as he falls, exclaiming, and he shoots a grenade and pisses on Kunt's body, like all in one, like smooth motion. Yeah, it, it was, it's like the perfect way to end the film. I mean, what better way to end this film than, and it's, it's a law, it's, he's free falling, getting shot. He hits the ground, blood everywhere, shoots the grenade, and then just unloads like, he's been waiting to pee all day pee over this cliff and it lands on him. Just perfect. Just and then he, he says, justice. I do, you know, so as I do. Yes. I, so chef's then, kiss. Yes. Yeah, to me, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, man, fucking amazing. Um, and then we get credits and they have funny pictures from the wedding and we get a post credit scene where, uh, McGroovy plays saxophone and, and that's it. Um, I, I fucking love this movie. I love it even more after talking t about it in detail. It makes me want to watch it again and again. Travis, what are your closing thoughts on MacGruber? I just have to go back and say that there was so much nuance uh, to all of this, like overblown pee pee poo poo explosion humor. Like you really have to go back and see it. I'm telling you, we left so much stuff out. For instance, it's like, to, it, like go back to the scene where they, uh, they try to get the, the sell the codes where Vicky's dressed up as like Hoss. And when he, he actually bites and takes a bite of the, the celery stalk that was in his ass. Yes. And it's like a quick, it's a quick cut. And she's, he's just, she's just like, was that, is it, she goes, Ooh. And he goes, I washed it. And he looks at, at uh, Piper and goes, I didn't. <laughs> and, and just even like stupid things, like even right when she's about to go uh, trace the call for the first time, when he yells, fuck you, Kunt, and Kunt hangs up on him so they can't trace it. She like says some weird catchphrase where she's like, we're ready to roll, MacGruber, or something. And it's just like such a callback to those kind of things. And I'm just telling you, there are so there's so much wrapped up into this movie. It, it really, truly is a phenomenal movie. It is, it is so funny and I can't tell you enough. If you have not seen it, go watch it. If you're a fan of action movies, go watch it. You have to. And if you watched it when you were younger, do the right thing, go back, write that wrong. If you, if it wasn't one of your faves, because it really has turned into one of mine because it, it's just, it's so dumb that it's, it's smart. It really is. 
Yeah, you're right. I mean, everything you're saying, I'm agree with. I agree with. I mean, we said at the beginning, but if you like this, definitely go back and watch Last Man on Earth. That's a fantastic yes. movie where basically it's just MacGruber, but he doesn't, you know, he isn't like an action hero. He's just a normal dude. So it's like the same exact character though. And um, you know, I, I've loved this movie forever. I'm so glad that we got to do it for the show because you know, I, I've watched movies like this many times and thought, man. I sure would. I wish I had a movie review podcast where I could just talk about this stuff. And of course, instead of making a movie review podcast, I have to convoluted, like figure out a way to make the movie go on my wrestling podcast, you know, um, which I don't know why I have to make this life so difficult like that. But I'm so glad we got to, we had to cover it because, again, like you said at the very beginning, I was sitting there like in the shower or something like that. And I'm like, hey. I've watched MacGruber a million times and there's wrestlers in that. How am I just remembering this? Like I've been thinking about obscure movies to do. Like, you know, there's a, there's a uh, weird TV show with Goldberg about, it's called like uh, it's, it's about knives and it's Goldberg's the host. And it's like oh, a yeah. reality yes. show. It's fucking terrible. And it, I was thinking like, that's something no one would ever view, you know? Uh, oh man, you, and, you have accidentally stumbled upon a, uh, an idea that I had for my show. We're talking about Goldberg's knife show. We'll have to talk about it later. Okay. But you exactly. <laughs> it's, I've watched, I've watched almost all the episodes in preparation for doing an episode one day, but no one else felt interested in it. So, you know, uh, for understandable reasons, but you know, I've been trying to pick through, you know, and find these, these kind of hidden gems and stuff. Meanwhile, this was staring me right in the face. Um, one more thing before we uh, cut out too, I just want to mention that, um, um, you know, the notes that I took were on the unrated version, which has like, I think, 10 extra minutes of jokes, pretty much, um, maybe five, 10 minutes. Uh, and there is a theatrical version. Will Forte himself says he'd rather you watch the theatrical version. However, there are a couple extra funny jokes, like I said, in the uh, in the unrated one. Um, there's a chance he's never watched the unrated one, you know. So uh, anyway, but man, um, I highly recommend, folks, if you like what, you know, our banter, me and uh, and Travis, you're going to find that every Every Friday uh, at the butt crack of dawn in the morning, uh, you know, those episodes come out and that's uh, the wrestle special and that's available on every podcast app, including the one that you're listening to this to right now. Um, you know, leave him a review, go listen to his show. It's fantastic. And uh, you know, I've been on a couple times now and, and uh, it's always a pleasure to have Travis on uh, me and Travis uh, are podcast like soulmates or something like that, but we don't have a podcast together. And one day we got to fix that because <laughs> You know, there's Absolutely. so much untapped stuff going on here, and I'm glad that we're starting to let that trickle out a little bit because, uh, because you know, I remember uh, one of the first times I ever had a conversation with you, I remember thinking, man, that was easy. And, you know, and that's kind of how I always think about when I podcast with you. I always think, man, that was so easy. That like, felt great, you know, and that's how it always is. So I appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you as always, brother. I'll come back on anytime. Awesome. Well, you can follow uh, the Wrestle Special at Wrestle Special on Twitter and the Wrestle Special on Instagram. I'm pretty sure I got that right. You can follow us Shit, at yeah, uh, yeah. I know what I'm doing. So I'm a pro. 
Uh, and <laughs> and uh, you can follow the Road Home from Wrestling at the Road Home FW. Uh, just a reminder, we do have fanny packs now, and they are guaranteed to hold at least 2,000 somas. So that's very important for all the pro wrestlers listening out there. It is a place you can keep your somas and other stuff. You could probably fit a copy of MacGruber in there as well, which, uh, you know, I mean, maybe I'll do that and make another silly video like I made. So uh, anyway, well, I appreciate it. Thanks again, Travis. So for me, my guest, Travis, and for the greatest American hero, MacGruber, thank you so much for listening.